All right, well, welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody. Uh, we'll have a lot to talk about today. It was a bye week for Texas Tech. Could have, could not have come at a better time, but first we'll go around the Big 12. Um, I'll preview our game against West Virginia, talk a bit more about them. Then I'll give you a basketball preview, and I'll also talk about what Joey McGuire said in his press conference on Monday. All right, so first around the Big 12, Texas beats Iowa State at home 24-21. to This one had some controversy. Um, so on the final, really the final meaningful play, Iowa State was driving Hunter Deckers. It looks like his knee may have been down. There was controversy over whether it's a targeting call or not. I will say it both whether the knee were down and it was a fumble and what, whether it was targeting was completely 50-50. Could have gone either way. There were other angles shown that it looked like targeting. Those came out like a day after the play. So, I mean, I can't blame the Big 12 refs too much there. Texas already kind of got screwed in their game against Alabama. Iowa State kind of got screwed in their game against Baylor. So, Iowa State fans have a right to be mad. Texas escaped one. Quinn Ewers did not look very good. I'll be honest with you. That offense really revolved around Bijan Robinson. Uh, but Texas, te- Texas gets a huge win. Iowa State now 0-4 in the Big 12. Uh, Kansas fell 52-42 in Norman to Oklahoma. They had to start Jason Bean uh, because Jalon Daniels was out. Uh, Dylan Gabriel looked a lot better. Both defenses look really bad. I mean, there's no sugarcoating that. Both of these defenses do not look good. Um, I'm excited for Texas Tech to get a chance to play both of them. And then Oklahoma State falls in double overtime to TCU. Mike Gundy and that Oklahoma State staff, they went conservative. They didn't go for the kill. They tried to establish the run because Spencer Sanders was hurt. And then they decide to try to pass it up seven. So, look, there's going to be a lot of questions. I've already seen a bunch of Oklahoma State fans angry about how that game transpired. Um, But anyways, TCU undefeated 6-0, very firmly in the Big 12 race, probably in the driver's seat. They have Kansas State coming in this week. That's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, But all eyes are focused for us on that game in Lubbock against West Virginia. So first, what Joey McGuire said in his press conference on Monday, he said all quarterbacks will play. We've all heard that one before. Um, Tyler Shuck has not been cleared yet, but is is practicing in pads. Baron Warren's taken the majority of the first team snaps. Uh, they're saying Donovan Smith's shoulders feeling a lot better. Um, Joey said that he expects both to play. I bet that Baron Morton's the starting quarterback. That. It, what it, everything that's coming out sounds like to me, Baron Warren's going to be our starting quarterback against West Virginia. Um, we have a few questionables, Miles Price, J.J. Sparkman, Tyler Shuck, and uh, Valdez. Uh, it would be nice to have a third running back up there, um, but with Taj Brooks not getting that many carries, I don't know if he's banged up or something, and how Sir Roderick Thompson's running right now, that's not too important. I would love to see Miles Price because I I saw a lot of vulnerabilities in West Virginia's defense, especially in the slot. That would be nice to have him. But, look, Xavier White's already stepped up. He had a great game in Stillwater. I think we'll be okay there either way. Then it would be nice to have J.J. Sparkman, again, with Trey Cleveland on the outside. 
Loic Fungi sounds like he's getting healthy. Um, I think we'll be all right there. So talking about West Virginia, they won 43-40 over Baylor. I'm going to be honest, a lot of breaks went West Virginia's play way today or Thursday. Um, so Mathis, their running back, he ran the ball very well, especially on that first drive. He busted it. He had two touchdowns, 22 carries, 163 yards. Um, Johnson, their backup back, had 12 carries, 48 yards, one touchdown. JT Daniels had an okay day, 24 of 37, 283 yards, one touchdown, one pick. The pick came at a very bad time. But West Virginia looked a lot better, and Baylor looks a lot more beatable. West Virginia, sorry, West Virginia looked more competent, and Baylor looks very beatable for these next two games. We're focused on West Virginia, uh, but they did look very beatable. Um, So just taking you through a bit of this West Virginia offense, I know we all know the OC over there, Graham Harrell. Um, On the season, JT Daniels is playing pretty well, 63.8% completion. He's almost at 1,500 yards, eight under it. He has nine touchdowns, three picks, a 132.1 QB rating. Uh, in the rushing attack, I think a lot of it's going to revolve around Mathis. He has 459 yards on the year, 92 carries, five touchdowns. He's averaging five yards a carry. Uh, Johnson seems like he may be their third back this week. Actually, he was their second against Baylor. Um, he has 235 yards on 52 carries, 4.5 yards a carry, and he's got three touchdowns. But C.J. Donaldson, so... He got a concussion against Texas. He has cleared concussion protocol, uh, I believe, five days ago now. So they're saying there's every chance that he could return. This could be a problem. He has 389 yards on 56 carries, averaging 6.9 yards a carry, and he has six touchdowns. That's going to be something to watch. How much do they run him coming off a concussion injury, and how effective is he? How can our defensive line and linebackers stop that? I feel confident in stopping the running game. I really do. But it that that is concerning that you have three backs like that back there for West Virginia with a good quarterback as well. Um, receiving, they don't spread the ball out that much. So Prather had a great game, 109 yards, eight catches, and a touchdown against Baylor. But uh, Ford Whedon's their leading receiver. He has 50 catches, 463 yards, and four touchdowns. Prather... Um, he has 336 yards and three touchdowns, sorry, 36 receptions, 369 yards and three touchdowns. James has 23 catches, 357 yards, two touchdowns. Nobody else has over 11 catches on their team and nobody has more than one touchdown. No tight ends have scored a touchdown yet for them this season. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. I, I think they're very gettable. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I definitely expect a win. I, ex- I expect a double-digit win over them. Uh, it will be a good game. It will be hard-fought. I think they'll hang around. It will be a game probably into the early fourth quarter Then I think will pull away. Um, defensively, Shapin looked really good attacking that secondary, which is what I'm really excited for with Baron Morton. If Baron Morton's a starter, I think he's the most ready to attack that secondary. He's willing to trust his receivers i think trey cleveland's due for a monster day and also whether it's miles prize xavier white uh martinez in the slot i think they're going to be really really be able to attack them 
because it looked like that was what Baylor had the most success with against them. Uh, defensively, they rank last in the Big 12 on points allowed per game at 31.3. They rank sixth at 374.5 yards allowed, to seventh in passing yards at 262, and second in rushing yards at 112. And granted, they have they did play a non-conference. They didn't play as tough as a non-conference as we did. Um, one of their throw games was against Townsend, which was a complete throwaway. I mean, that was a bloodbath. So some of these stats are a little bit tilted because of that. Uh, in the kicking game, Legs is a good kicker. He's 10 for 10, but as long as 38 yards. So just because they get to the 20, 25, that doesn't mean just because they have a 100% kicker. That's guaranteed points by any means. Overall, I feel good about this. As long as we can limit their run game, I think our secondary will hold up pretty well. JT Daniels, he's going to throw he's going to throw the ball for a couple 300 yards. If we hold him under 350 yards, I think we're in good shape. Um, I think as long as we can limit that rushing attack, we'll be fine on the defensive end. And offensively, I'm really excited to see what Baron Morton can do against the secondary. If he can get the time that's required, I think we're going to need to rely a lot more on the passing game, which is another reason why he's the right choice over Donovan Smith. Because we can attack them in the slots. Baron Morton's better at that. We can attack, attack them downfield on the outside receivers. Baron Morton's also better at that. I think Baron Morton's the right guy to start in this matchup. Um, I fully expect Baron Morton's going to be the starter. All right, now to basketball. And it's confusing. This roster is confusing. I've gone through this every which way. It's tough to see who you expect to start. It's tough to make predictions on positions right now. A lot of these guys are very versatile. Um, I'll start with we are ranked number 25 in the AP poll. So we were ranked in the preseason poll. We open, it is October 18th at the time this is released. We open November 7th against Northwestern State. Then on the 10th, we play Texas Southern. On the 14th, we play Louisiana Tech. So I think we're going to learn a lot more about how these guys fit in in that opening three-game stretch. It's kind of like last year for me. It really is like last year for me where it's like, okay, I have no idea how this team's going to line up. I'm not really sure. We know Banner's going to play at the four. I expect Carmen at the one and then either Amac or Bacho to play at the five. But a lot of that, there's a lot of versatility. So I kind of went through, broke it down by guard, wing, big. Just want to give you a preview of how our roster looks. At guard, Davion Harmon. Uh, he's your traditional ball handler, which is, we had two weaknesses last year. I think both have been addressed really well. We didn't have a ball dominant guard. I mean, look, Adonis Arms is great. We love him. He played really well for us, but he is not a typical ball dominant guard. It didn't work with McCuller at the point guard. Arms did a better job at the point guard, but he's not your typical ball dominant guard. It's nice that we have Harmon, who is. I think that's going to help us a lot. Another guy that could play at the one, Pop Isaacs. Now, it sounds like he may be playing at the two, actually. Um, There are reports coming out, I believe, today or last week in practice that Pop Isaacs was seeing a lot of time at the two. Um, We have Lamar Washington, who could also play the one. He could play the two. He could be a wing. I mean, this guy was a three-star linebacker out of 
high school in football and had a USC offer. So it's going to be really interesting to see what he does. He's a true freshman. Kerwin Walton, we went and picked him up from North Carolina. In his first season at North Carolina, he averaged over eight points a game. Second season, his role was reduced, and he averaged about three points per game as a sophomore. He's a really good shooter. So our two weaknesses, ball dominant guards and shooting from last year, I think we've had those addressed really well. Now, he needs to improve his defense, but it's kind of like in baseball. You, you got to trust Tim Tadlock. And in basketball right now, you got to trust Mark Adams. I think he's obviously earned that. Texas Tech fans will really give him a lot of leeway on that. Then uh, Demarion Williams uh, at shooting guard. He's a typical shooting guard. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. I, he, I believe he came from Gardner-Webb. Uh, I believe he played with them in the tournament a couple years ago. Um, but whether he plays shooting guard or whether he moves over to wing will be really interesting. Then in our wing positions, we have Elijah Fisher. Um, so he was one of the top ray recruits for the class of 2023, reclassified for 2022, went from a five-star to a four-star, still a top 40 guy. It'll be interesting to see whether he starts for us or whether he comes off the bench because we do have a lot of people in front of him. Um, But you got to be excited about this guy. He doesn't have the perimeter game yet. He doesn't have the pull-up jumper, the three, but he's a really good interior scorer. Um, Jalen Tyson. Uh, he's the guy who signed with us, then reversed, went to Texas, came back, flashed the horns down. Uh, he's ours now. I think I feel good about him. He's familiar with our system. He got all of uh, last spring semester in our system. He's a, your typical slasher. He's going to be a slasher. Um, I, I expect him to play the wing. He could play the guard as well. He's a good three-point shooter, um, which is welcome for Tech fans after what we went through last year. And then Jennings, I don't expect him to play a ton this season, um, but he'll be a really interesting guy to watch develop. In the bigs, you have to feel good about this. So Kevin O'Banner coming back. He's our one returning starter playing the four. Um, He can shoot. He had that huge game against Notre Dame when we were struggling. I I mean, we get bounced in the second round instead of making the Sweet 16 if Kevin O'Banner doesn't have that huge game against Notre Dame. Uh, AMAC, so we still don't know what's going on with his injury. Uh, Matthew Postens posted one question for every coach ahead of media days or what you want to know, and his was, when's AMAC returning? It sounds like the reports of several months about a month ago may have been a bit more than what they actually are. It sounds a lot like AMAC will be returning sooner, I don't know if he'll be back for Maui. I don't know if he'll be back for the Big 12. I'd expect him to return um, in Big 12 play at least. Uh, I think there's a good chance that we see him back for Maui or for our five non-conference games after Maui. Um, Daniel Bacho, there's a lot of buzz coming out of this guy. Uh, They're talking about he can play at the next level. And now he struggled in conference play. But he also got covid and then he had nagging injuries. So were his struggles because it was a step up in competition? Or was it because of those uh, of COVID and nagging injuries? I feel like it's more the COVID and nagging injuries for him. 
because we saw him against Gonzaga, and people were after Gonzaga were calling for him to start over Bryson Williams, who was struggling at the time. So I'm really confident in our big positions. And then we have K.J. Allen returning, too. I'd expect him to play the four mainly. He needs to improve his speed. Uh, he just doesn't have quite the speed to switch and all that, but he's a great rebounder. He's a good interior scorer. Um, if he's developed in the offseason, I think there's a chance we see him play a good role. But overall, you have to feel good about this roster. So I'm, ju- I'm just going to go through the roster for you all on what we have and uh, just let you know, guy by guy, Kevin O'Banner, Ford, super senior, Lamar Washington, freshman, he's a guard. Pop Isaacs, freshman, he's a guard. Demarion Williams, junior, transfer from Gardner-Webb, he's a guard. Uh, Robert Jennings, freshman from DeSoto, he's a Ford. K.J. Allen, junior, Ford. Amac, senior, Ford. Bacho, redshirt sophomore, Ford. I'd expect Amac to play center. Uh, C.J. Williams, he's... I believe he's on scholarship. There was rumors he was coming as a walk-on. He's an assistant coach's son. Uh, he's a freshman. Jalen Tyson, sophomore guard. Uh, Elijah Fisher, freshman guard. Davion Harmon, senior guard. Kerwin Walton, junior uh, guard. And really good shooter. So it will be interesting to see what we get out of this bunch. And it really is. You look at it, you have 11 guys 10 11 guys that you could definitely see being in an eight-man rotation we'll just have to wait and see what mark adams decides to do with his rotation it's going to be interesting uh but you know it's kind of one of those that you just have to have faith in him just looking at the schedule as a whole after those first three non-conference games where we'll we'll really get to see what we're looking like what the rotation looks like what um, our starters look like, uh, probably minus ABAC. Um, then we go to Maui. We have number nine Creighton. I'm really excited for this. So this is on a Monday. I've already requested off work for it. Um, it's at 1.30 Central, and I believe noon Central or 1 Central, USA is playing their World Cup opener against Wales. So if you're looking for a random Monday to take off work, I mean, U.S. in their World Cup opener and Texas Tech in the Maui Invitational opener against the top-ranked team in the tournament, number nine, Creighton. That will be a good one. After that, we may have to play the second top-ranked team in the tournament, Arkansas, the next day, um, either in the winner's or loser's bracket. But I really expect whoever loses that game between us and Creighton to win the next two and go 2-1 and one in Maui, come in fifth place. But that will be a fun matchup. We're going to learn a lot about our team then. Creighton has a lot of guys coming back. They have a lot of good transfers as well. Creighton's going to learn a lot about their team too. Um, I'm going to have a bonus podcast episode, probably record it either that Wednesday or Thursday, release it that Thursday or Friday before the tournament, and just break down the entire field at Maui. Um, but as a whole, after Maui, week later we get georgetown at home which is nice and then we have five non-com before we go to play 18 conference games in the toughest conference in america with a sec challenge at lsu scheduled in there which i will say i don't know how they do the scheduling for the sec big 12 challenge because i believe we played we played mississippi state at home but i don't get why we're going to lsu twice 
I believe LSU was our road SEC matchup uh, uh, back in 2020 during the COVID year. I, I, I just don't get how they're scheduling it that, okay, we're going to LSU twice in three years instead of them coming back to us. But it is what it is. Um, I think this is a team that can make a run to definitely be in the top half of the Big 12 standings and very possibly make a run at winning the Big 12. I, I think it's going to be like last year where we start a little bit slow. The roster kind of comes together. It's going to be a learning process. Um, I think that matchup with Creighton in the first round of the Maui Invitational, that's a tough ask for us in the fourth game of year, of the year with a bunch of new guys coming in. But I'm not going to panic if we go one and two in Maui. I'm not going to panic. Going to trust Mark Adams on it, and that's really all we can do here. All right, so lastly, some picks around the Big 12. We have four games. Uh, OU has a bye week. Iowa State has a bye week. Um, Kansas at Baylor. Baylor is minus 8.5, and and the over-under is 60.5. The play in this game is the over. I mean, Blake Shapin, he looked better. I don't, I don't think he's going to play, so that kind of throws a wrench in it. I do think Kansas covers the 8.5. I think their offense can score enough, whether it's Jason Bean or Jalon Daniels, but I still think the over hits. I, I just don't see Kansas's defense holding them that much. Um, so I think the play is going to be on the over. If I have to pick the game, I'm taking, Bale, or I'm taking Kansas plus 8.5. Um, that game's at 11 a.m., then at 2.30, we have Texas minus 4.5 at Oklahoma State. Um, I liked Oklahoma State getting 4.5 points. The over-under is 64.5. Uh, my play on this game is definitely Oklahoma State, either money line or plus 4.5. I think that Spencer Sanders is going to get healthier and be a lot better. And my play on the over-under would be under 64.5. I just... I don't trust Quinn Ewers. I don't trust Spencer Sanders. I don't trust either one of those two. And I know that that kind of contradicts what I just said. But I don't trust uh, Quinn Ewers or Spencer Sanders to put up that many points. Uh, The other game, 1v1, tied for first, both 3-0 teams. Kansas State going on the road to TCU. TCU minus 3.5. I like Kansas State to cover this one. I think I have TCU winning, but I think it's going to be a hard-fought battle. Uh, Max Duggan's playing spectacular. Um, I did not expect Max Duggan to be this good. I'll be honest with you. He has shocked me. Um, I think TCU minus three and a half or Kansas State plus three and a half is the play. I I still think TCU pulls it out. I just think they just want an emotional game at home. It's tough to string that together. They really haven't strung together too much yet. Yes, they beat SMU, then they won college game day against Kansas. I don't think either of those two teams are anywhere near the level that Oklahoma State and Kansas State are. Uh, They surprised me against Kansas State, obviously, or not Kansas State, Oklahoma State, obviously. But I, I think that's a lot more down to Mike Gundy's play calling there and just some decisions that Oklahoma State made on just coming in, being more conservative. Um, so I do like Kansas State to cover that. Plus, Adrian Martinez, every team in the country has thrown at least one pick except for Kansas State. And Adrian Martinez was the turnover guy. I said in our game against them, uh, we, we need him to commit some turnovers. 
He didn't. I thought the dam would break, um, whether it breaks at some point or not. Kansas State is just not turning the ball over. They haven't turned the ball over yet this year, I believe, even. Um, so I like them to cover that three and a half. Um, then our game, obviously. West Virginia at Texas Tech, minus six and a half. Over under 68.5. It opened at, I believe, somewhere around 75, 76. I would have taken the under there. Right now, I'm a bit more skeptical after looking at how that West Virginia secondary plays. I think Texas Tech's going to get after them. If I have to pick one, I'd take the under. But I think the play is definitely Texas Tech minus 6.5 here. Again, I expect this to be a double-digit win for us. Don't get me wrong, a JT Daniels can pull out a surprise. But even their game against Baylor that they won, it wasn't overly impressive. I mean, Blake Shapin turned the ball over driving. Um, Baylor's backup threw one of the worst interceptions you'll see. West Virginia blocked an extra point, ran it back. That's a three-point swing. I I like us to win this game by 10-plus points here. I think that minus 6.5 is as solid as you'll get. And maybe I'm a homer, but I especially if Barrymore and starting and going up against that secondary, I really like how we look in this game. Um, so I'll be uh, back here. I'll record it next Monday. It will be released next Tuesday, previewing our game against Baylor and uh, hopefully recapping a win against West Virginia to move us to 2-2 two and two in conference play and 4-3 and three overall. All right, have a good one.